Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackle and Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Kraken When Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to an episode of Post Game presented by Two Player Bros. I'm Mike and I'm not joined by anyone right now because I'm the only one at the moment with the PS5. Neither Dave, who is our normal co-host, or Alex, who is our sometimes co-host, have a PS5 right now. As do quite a few people not have a PS5 because they're waiting for one. Fun fact, I actually had the chance to buy a Pulse headset in Target today. There was actually one on the shelves. I said no. I had self-control. But even those peripherals are very hard to find right now. But... We're talking today about Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is available on both PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. So I'm sure by now a lot of people who want it on the PlayStation 5 probably have at this point gotten it on PS4 just because why not? They can't wait any longer. I waited for the PS5 version and uh, that's what I've gotten because that was one of my big I've got to have that for the PS5 game. So. That's what we're talking about today. So I told you guys a while ago we were going to do this. So here we go. In lieu of a regular episode of Two Player Bros, you know, there wasn't a ton of news out. There's the Mortal Kombat trailer, uh, some news about EA games and stuff like that. But we're going to postpone that until next week with the added PlayStation State of Play attached to it. Because when this episode releases that night, they're going to do the State of Play. So we can talk about that next week. We'll have a lot more to talk about myself and Dave. So without further ado. Let's get into that Spider-Man Miles Morales post-game content. So I kind of alluded last week when Dave asked me what I was playing and how I like Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales is a fantastic experience and a great uh, introduction, I would say, other than maybe Astro's Playroom, to the PlayStation 5. I mean, this game looks and plays amazing. So right off the bat, I'm going to tell you guys that I love spider-man games i've always loved spider-man games i have a a soft spot for them i've loved them ever since the original playstation one spider-man game came out and they've only gotten better with time for the most part with a few exceptions i would say the one low points would be like the spider-man 3 game or the amazing spider-man game wasn't really amazing but they were still pretty good the mechanics are still pretty solid uh the spider-man venom game dark shadows or web of something like that Uh, and the multiverse game they were okay i I prefer the open world games and the venom one was a little bit more fun in terms of the dual gameplay but was kind of scaled back to what you're normally used to seeing in terms of a spider-man game 
Miles Morales, though, is just a kind of successor to the already amazing Marvel Spider-Man PlayStation 4 experience we already had, which I touched upon already in another previous episode. I think two episodes ago, I touched upon my Spider-Man remaster uh, review. So this is kind of be a little bit more the same in terms of like what's available on the PlayStation 5 as opposed to the PlayStation 4. So we'll get into that part first. I think Miles Morales does anything Spider-Man Remastered did in terms of upgrading graphics on the PlayStation 5 and performance and just turns that dial up. Miles Morales looks amazing, plays amazing in all ways in terms of its performance and graphics. You know, when I said in Spider-Man Remastered, uh, the part I was at was by the time toward the end game when I started replaying it. So... You know, the looters were already happening. There was trash on the streets and a lot of people, you know, fighting and fires. And that looked really good. And I was surprised how much of that was on here. But Miles Morales just has even more people, it seems, even more cars, even more reflections, you know, prettier buildings, prettier textures. It was because I think maybe they built a little bit more from scratch or they knew they were going to be on PS5. This game really looks ratcheted up compared to the remaster of Spider-Man, which looks good and is, you know, if you haven't beat Spider-Man yet, it was definitely worth it. It was worth it for me to carry over from PS4 to PS5. If you've already beaten Spider-Man remastered, it might not be worth it unless you really want to play the game again, but it is worth it. I think to get Miles Morales on a PlayStation five, either play it a little bit on your PS4 and then transfer over and wait or just wait and get it on PS5. This game really is, I don't know about a system seller. I don't know if there is a system seller yet in terms of great graphics that really is like, ah, this is why I need this system, either Xbox Series X or PlayStation 5. But Miles Morales really makes you think. The ray tracing textures and the city, I don't know if it's just because it's wintertime and there's snow and extra weather effects. This city is the prettiest I think it's ever been in a video game, uh, New York City. Uh, just everything about it from the textures, going through Times Square. You know, I, I live very close to New York City and pre-pandemic would go there quite often. Uh, I went to school basically in the city. And this really, like you could kind of do a walkthrough tour, obviously, with some different things. I know the Chrysler building is gone in spider-man miles morales because i guess it costs money to put these buildings in the game some of the more famous ones but you can pretty much do a walking tour you know i i I can go from grand central in this game and walk to times square you know just using my memory and i I can walk through the exact same streets and, and make it there which is pretty cool and the the graphics are just super impressive over every window every glossy surface every character that says hi to you and stops you on the street just looks very well detailed just looks really really good you know the sunlight the snow effects the footprints in the snow it just looks like a next gen game it might look like a maybe not the best next gen game compared to what we've seen with like what unreal five can possibly do in the future, but it looks so good. And all the city is realized all at once. The loading time still just like Spider-Man remastered just happen instantaneously. No waiting. Uh, I am playing on a, a fidelity mode. So I have ray tracing. I have 
the extra people. I have extra cars. I am playing at 30 frames per second as opposed to the 60 frames per second because that's how I was used to playing Spider-Man before. And I would rather see a New York City that's alive than have that extra frame rate. I think if I was playing a game that was a little less city dependent, a little less dense, or a city that I maybe wasn't used to seeing, I'd be okay with that. But New York City should be dense. It should have people. It should have cars. It should have debris. It should have street vendors, all this. So I felt like by putting it on a mode that was the 60 frame per second mode where some of that is taken away, I would lose some of the game. Uh, but by having all that and this and the 30 frames and which is fine for me and the ray tracing and all that, it looked really, really good. And there are certain things in his suit that just really shine in Miles Morales. The reflections in the eye of many of the suits look really, really good where you can see exactly what he's looking at reflected back in the light of whatever the surrounding area is. If you zoom in on photo mode or if you're just playing the game. It's really impeccable. It's really, really great. There's a suit that basically makes you look like Miles Morales meets Daft Punk, where his suit is, his mask is all digital, and you can see different digital eye effects and stuff like that. And that looks really, really cool. Still reflections on the helmet, along with these digital eyes and digitized expressions. And it's just really, really detailed and interesting. The character animations are really good, too, in the cinema sequences. Uh, that really blends seamlessly into the game, which Insomniac really showed off with Spider-Man. And I think it's something that Sony does really well in terms of of most of their games, this ability to blend their cinema sequences with their gameplay. And I think that's like a Sony staple. And obviously Insomniac being a Sony company is really good at it and really shows that off in, in this game as well. You know, there's there's scenes where Miles Morales is, you play as actual Miles Morales, which is nice, just like you did with Peter Parker. And you have him go to like, say, Feast, where he volunteers, which is where he got bitten by the spider in the first Spider-Man game. And you just walk up through the cinema sequence, the cinema sequence ends, and you're back to being Miles Morales. Uh, just seamlessly, you're in control of him. And it's all really detailed and all really interesting. The cinema sequence, because they're in-game, are also equally impressive from facial animations and lighting and camera work. It's all really, really cool, really great. You know, the animations are are so fluid and so lifelike. You know, I, I love Spider-Man's animations. He's a Spider-Man that's been doing it for eight years, Peter Parker, when we do the Spider-Man remastered games. And one of the things I really like about Miles Morales is from Spider-Man's more gymnastic, graceful ballet, when you start off as Miles Morales at the start of the game, he's swinging like a madman. You know, he'll swing backwards or sideways or upside down. You do your, your, your quick swing and he'll kick up, but it does not seem graceful. It seems like someone who's learning. And as you progress through the game, Miles will slowly kind of get his own style. He'll, he'll get his own kind of grace going, you know, but there's always that little bit of unnerve, I guess, this little bit of nervousness that he has that shows through in the character animations in terms of his movement but it's also super fluid and his tricks are really cool he still just like in the other spider-man game if you press square while letting go of a web swing he'll start doing different spins and tricks and some of them are really cool obviously have really nice uh, uh funny names i know one of them's called the curly fry which i thought was really interesting and get back into a swing and he'll go he'll get into it maybe a little awkwardly but he'll get back into it and I, I really thought it was cool that Miles Morales really has his own style. And the other animation is great, but that that was really what got me. 
And that style really bleeds. It's a good segue into gameplay because in terms of gameplay, you know, one of the things I think people are wondering about is how Miles is different from, you know, regular Spider-Man or Peter Parker, the Spider-Man, classic Spider-Man that they're used to. And I would say that they aren't too different at all in terms of gameplay. You know, there is a tutorial for those who've never played the first Spider-Man game or, you know, haven't played it in a while. They do reintroduce you to all those techniques. I would say maybe a little looser. They definitely, I think, hold your hand a bit less. I think a lot of them expect you to have played Marvel Spider-Man before this or to have gotten the remastered edition where you can play both games. But if you didn't, they do kind of teach you how to play the game. And I think that they do play very, very similar. You know, I was able to pick it up and I was doing pretty much everything. Granted, to me, there was maybe two days in between me beating Spider-Man Remastered finally 100% and going into Miles Morales. And I was able to pretty much seamlessly go into it. There's not a lot different with Miles Morales at the forefront of the game but very quickly on you get to do things with miles that you couldn't do with peter he's got something called uh venom powers which he calls it which is because his spider is genetically engineered with a ton of different spiders if you see from the beginning of or the midway point about for spider-man where you finally where mary jane goes into the osborne's lab and sees all the experimental spiders he's been working out to try to duplicate and replicate peter's spider-man powers and Miles gets bitten by this spider, which has so much more uh, going for it than Peter's ever did. So Miles' venom powers include bioelectricity, uh, camouflage, which cloaks him so that other people can't see him. And that's basically it for this game. But that bioelectricity turns itself into a bunch of uses in terms of puzzle solving and combat. Now, there are a lot of moves that use this new power. You know, you charge it with the L1 button and then you can do Venom Dash and Venom Punch. And uh, there's like a, a Venom Knockdown where you come down and you just destroy the area in terms of Venom like explosion with your electricity. It's it's really cool. It works really well. And it feels like just a natural extension of the game. And to balance it out, so you would say, well, then Miles Morales is super more powerful than Spider-Man, but he's really not because Peter Parker might just have kind of the basic spider powers, but has far more gadgets than Miles Morales has. So Miles has a gravity weapon similar to Peter's uh, Graviton bomb, I think it's called. The one that explodes and then everyone lifts up into the air. Miles has one that explodes and creates like a black hole where everybody gets sucked up and bumps into each other, which is really fun. Uh, he's also got a, a hollow drone where... It creates a bunch of different like drone combat guys to fight with him and obviously his web shooters as well as remote bombs that he gets from his uncle. The remote bombs are really, really fun and a great addition to the game as well because they really shape up and, and change how you do your stealth missions or if you try to do a stealth option in certain mission modes. From putting them on circuit breakers or electronics to really zap and knock out people to distracting people. And just stunning them so you can go in for the takedown. They really change up how you see and take down a, a level or a mission. Those were what I used the most. I didn't really use the hollow guys other than to try them out. They're really not my thing. I did the same thing with Spider-Man. I He has the spider drone. I really didn't use the spider drone much at all. 
that's not really my thing. The Graviton Bomb I used a couple times just to try to get the benchmarks. Miles Morales has the three level tier benchmarks just like Spider-Man did where by doing a move a certain amount of times you get a little in-game achievement for having done it. But mostly I was remote bombs, obviously web shooters, and his just spider powers. And they were good enough for me. So that kind of is what differentiates the two Spider-Men. And I think that's different enough in terms of being the same game. Miles Morales is basically a expansion, I would say, to the other Spider-Man game. It's tough because they said outright they don't want to call it a sequel. And it's not a sequel because it's, I guess, a little too short to be called a true sequel. And it runs on a basically just a beefed up same engine as the other one. But also, it's way more than any of the DLC was or any DLC for a game like this would ever be. It's toes the line. I would say it's probably 75% of the 70 to 75% of the content that was in the original Spider Man, uh, Marvel Spider Man game. So there's still a lot of content. I mean, I played for many days straight. I actually 100%ed it. My playthrough on normal, although I got to play on New Game Plus to get all the stuff. You know, there's a lot going on for it. There's a lot of collectibles. Anytime I thought I cleared the map of collectibles and 100%ed a district, more collectibles would pop up. There's tons of side missions. The story mode is... Granted, I've been playing Spider-Man on and off for a while. It seems to be a pretty decent length compared to the other Spider-Man game as well. Granted, you're not doing dealing with the Sinister Six. This is really one villain uh, in this game, but it is very, very big expansive it feels like an actual sequel you know miles is not getting short shafted at all and there's a lot of content in this game and i think it's fairly priced at i think 40 dollars. it's not as uh, not as fully priced as a normal sony game which is 60 dollars now on ps5 70 dollars for 70 dollars actually gets you miles morales and spider-man remastered which i think is a fantastic deal compared to what playstation 5 games are going to be going forward We'll get into the the content of the game. I mean, there are so many story missions. The missions themselves are pretty much very similar to Spider-Man, especially the random crimes. All seem to stem from Spider-Man or his DLC. Uh, they added the truck theft DLC kind of random crimes where a bunch of bad guys are trying to open up an Oscorp uh, truck, which actually, come to think of it, might have been in a later game part of the story the main story for Spider-Man. So this game adds that as well. It adds not much. There is a helicopter one, a helicopter random crime, which is kind of cool. The underground, which is a, the tinkerer's bad guy. They're like a souped up technological mafia wannabe group. And they hijack rocks on helicopters. Rocks is the big corporate entity, which I'll get into, which has kind of taken over much of Harlem and some of New York city. These helicopters kind of get hijacked and it's up to you to destroy the satellites that are hijacking the helicopters so that they don't crash into a skyscraper or start shooting town people randomly. So those are kind of fun missions and it works about the same way as Spider-Man. You do these random crimes, you clean up a street, maybe there'll be um, a random crime every five or six minutes or so. But unlike Spider-Man, the random crimes do not count as one of your side missions. You cannot just clear up 
uh, a town by doing 10 random crimes. Random crimes will always happen, which I guess is more true to life. You know, you're not just going to be done with a district for cleaning it up five times. There's always going to be another crime. Same is the case with Miles Morales. There's always going to be something new popping up. And these just add to your points that you get when you beat these missions. And you can use those to unlock different suits, different gadgets, different upgrades to these gadgets, and obviously get experience to level up your character as well, which unlocks different skill sets. Uh, and uh, this is something I really like because it allows you to really beef up your character pretty quick if you want, kind of grind it out, which the game kind of still does naturally and progresses. But I, I was trying to really do any random crime that popped up my way as I was trying to clear out the area as I got new side missions to make sure I 100%ed it and never got distracted. That being said, I think that because of that, and you know, I didn't go back to Spider-Man to check, but I'm pretty sure that means that certain suits and upgrades do cost quite a substantial bit more than they did in the other Spider-Man game, because the other Spider-Man game had a set amount of crimes that would happen per location. In this game, because they're going to always spawn, they have upgraded and made those points worth a little less by making you need a lot more of them. The side missions are all pretty similar as well. They're just collectible missions, but it's really nice the way they kind of blend a lot of the collectible missions in this game to Miles and his personal life. You're looking for time capsules where he has memories of his friend Finn from when they were in middle school, or you're trying to find beats that his uncle and his father made when they were young, before they had their big breakup and before his father passed away. So you're trying to kind of complete this song that they were trying to create back when they were young, uh, kind of in his father's memory, which is nice. So all of the collectible missions kind of have a tie back to Miles, and it's kind of emotional as well. There is a endgame content mission as well after you beat the main story, which is really, really, I think, nice and something that, again, I think this is something that the Spider-Man franchise has done really well and i think that sony does pretty well is it's pretty emotional it's it's really sweet your father had created a birthday scavenger hunt for you before he passed away and miles has to go and do the scavenger hunt for his you know listening to notes from his deceased father not that his father did not realizing it would be miles last birthday that he'd hear his father's voice so that was a very nice mission that again doesn't really add there's no violent or violence or combat in that mission it's just very nice and very emotional and really well written the story missions are all pretty much the same i mean you've got the car chase stuff you've got the swinging through the city you've got some of the sneaking but it's all kind of a enhanced version of what spider-man did it's each mission allows you to i think to tackle situations differently same with side missions as well you're not other than some training missions to get your upgrade points and to get a couple of skills you're not set on you have to do stealth or you have to do action they really allow you to go into a situation and do what you want to do and unlike the first spider-man because you can camouflage you can actually camouflage and get back into hiding and do a little bit of action and stealth within each mission you can actually Go down. If you get caught, you can kill a couple of bad guys. Go back up in the rafters, cloak, and just continue on and try to do the best you can do in terms of a stealth version of the mission. 
which I think the original Spider-Man could have done too, which is Peter going and hiding, but they didn't do it. And this is kind of their excuse, but we might see that technique in Spider-Man too, as well when that comes out, which is rumored to have both Spider-Man anyway, but that's a really neat way to tackle different problems. A lot of the times I'll go in and in the side missions where I think it's impossible because it seems like there's going to be waves of enemies. I'll just go in and start attacking because why bother being stealthy when I know it's just going to be wave after wave after wave. Like in the original Spider-Man, I will try to be stealthy for wave one and then realize it doesn't matter for nine more waves. In this, A, even in the side missions, they don't tell you waves. And in the story missions, the ability to do it both ways encourages me to try to do it stealthily in the story missions. And in the side missions, really kind of go for it where I'm not exactly sure or I'm pretty sure it's going to be wave after wave of bad guy. And being able to charge the Venom and use the Venom punches and Venom takedowns really adds extra levels of how you play the game, making sure you don't get punched so you can really level up this Venom power. And you still have your takedown powers and your gadget power and all that. But this Venom power really adds a lot to the game and really, I think, helps it. Because in the other Spider-Man game, I would run away, I would dodge, I would jump, I would go to other bad guys. I, I really felt like not like Spider-Man running away from some of the larger enemies because I really felt like I can't take them down until I jump over them 80 times or take down some of these smaller guys. But in this game, because you have the venom power, you can just punch those big guys two times with your venom punch if you have venom punch loaded. So it encourages you to perfect dodge, to go back and just beat up a bunch of little guys and earn enough venom power to really knock some guys out and really makes you feel like a superhero, but also adds a little bit of complexity and you get new enemy types like shield types that can't just be taken down by ducking under them and guys with shields and gigantic hammers, uh, a giant Excalibur type sword or Final Fantasy type sword. It's so big that comes out and is actually an arm grabber that comes out and grabs you up that you can't simply jump for uh, and you have to perfect dodge or you're not going to get through. So these new enemy types and the ability to Venom really make for, I think, a more cohesive and smooth gameplay uh, that maybe I would have found a little bit smoother in the other Spider-Man game had I tried gadgets more. The fact that this is more of an innate power for Miles allowed me to kind of play with it a lot easier, I think, than the other gadgets for Peter, which I didn't really experiment with until a little later in the game. Having done that now, if I ever went back and did the original Spider-Man on New Game Plus or in Spider-Man 2 playing as Peter, I would definitely try a lot more of the gadgets more often. But the, the game is pretty much the same. Other than that, you know, it's still got the same boss fights, the same kind of levels. You don't have as many of the, the stealth kind of sneaking levels. You never play as anyone other than Miles in this game, as opposed to Marvel Spider-Man, where you played as Peter, Miles, and Mary Jane. And Mary Jane and Miles would just be stealth kind of sneaking missions, which were kind of okay, but they just kind of broke up being Spider-Man. This year, Spider-Man all the way. Nothing to break up being Spider-Man, and not that you want to. Uh, there's a couple times where you are Miles and you go and talk to people, or you're Miles and you go back to your apartment, which is nice, and you can kind of pick out your old dad's records, your dad's records, and put them on the apartment as you look for things and see how your apartment unfolds because you've moved from Brooklyn to uh, Harlem. So your mom is slowly unpacking things throughout the game and you kind of see your apartment, especially her bedroom kind of grow into this new 
and the location, how her she kind of settles. And that's kind of cool. Again, it's all story-based stuff, but I I think that's nice little breakaway stuff. And if you don't like it, you can always kind of go back out your window and become Spider-Man again. So the story of this game is really, really good. It's really well acted. Nod G Jeter. I apologize if I got his name wrong. He plays Miles Morales, aka Spider-Man, new Spider-Man, or other Spider-Man. Uh and, and he is just absolutely fantastic. He has all of the he has the voice of someone who is, you know, his age, a high school student. And he's got the personality of one too. He's very unsure of himself. And then at sometimes some places he's kind of very sure of himself as well. You know, he's kind of a, a, a little bit of both, which is definitely how it should be. He should be an awkward, kind of nerdy, dorky high school kid. That is Spider-Man, and that's kind of what Miles was meant to be in the Ultimate Comic, was let's bring back kind of that that innocence of Spider-Man. And that's who Miles is, but he's also different from Peter. He's, I would say, a little bit more outgoing. He's a little bit more popular. He's a little bit more into being the hero. Then Peter, whereas Peter didn't have anybody to look up to, Peter wasn't looking up to another Spider-Man. The fact that Miles does pushes Miles to try to want to be the hero. And I feel like the fact that Miles has that police officer father does that as well. It really molds him into a very interesting character who is kind of all, all his own, you know, and he's got his best friend, Genki, who is a, a whiz app developer and creates an app called Friendly Neighborhood where if you swipe left on your direction pad, you can actually go through and do missions for people, which is really cool. The fact that he's got Genki, he's got a sidekick, kind of gives him a little bit of a Batman Beyond, kind of like a a younger Batman vibe. He's kind of starting to grow his own inner circle a lot quicker than maybe Peter did, and it makes him seem a little less insular, and also have maybe more people that he needs to care about. Because while Spider-Man says, you know, don't show anybody who you are, you're spider-man you can't show your face to anybody don't tell anybody you love you know miles already tells genki you know pretty quickly other people find out i don't want to spoil that part any of that part for you but it really changes the way his story is compared to maybe peter's it's definitely not like a peter parker clone although miles is coincidentally enough also a brilliant young person who can create his own technologies and gadgets and stuff like that as well so it's very ironic that or coincidence that two very brilliant people became Spider-Man who can really create their own gadgets and stuff. Speaking of, uh, I will, I'll get into other coincidences as we go, but this, the story does have quite a few coincidences. And I think that that kind of distracted me from the story a little bit, but we'll get into that. So the story is basically miles has moved into Harlem, which is his mother, Rio Morales's old neighborhood following the death of his father and Rio Morales is running for a city council member spot. Meanwhile in Harlem, a Roxxon corporation who is promising to build this new form technology, this new form energy, which is the most powerful energy, renewable energy in the world uh, has built a huge headquarters in Harlem. They're going to put their biggest power center in Harlem and there's going to be little power centers all throughout New York city and then the world. There's a fringe group called the Underground, who is a wannabe mafia 
or was a wannabe mafia, which is now all of a sudden outfitted with huge, crazy technological, uh, adaptive machinery, like arms, like big giant fists and guns and rocket boosters and all this crazy sci-fi comic book stuff. And they've become more of a, I would say, eco-terrorist group targeting Roxxon for some reason. So they went from a mafia wannabe group to eco-terrorists and they're trying to destroy Roxxon. And Harlem is kind of in the middle of this war, which puts Rio, Miles' mother in danger and all of his new, new town. So Miles has to kind of figure out what's going on. It leads him to find out that uh, the underground is led by a supervillain called the Tinkerer who's building all their weaponry and has a bone to pick with Roxxon. The Tinkerer steals one vat of new form after a whole tanker of new form blows up due to Miles accidentally blowing it up with his bioelectricity. Uh, blows up what I, I'm pretty sure he blows up the Brooklyn Bridge. And from then on, everybody wants a piece of him from Roxxon to the underground to, of course, J. Jonah Jameson. And here's where we get into a little bit of spoilers. So spoilers, if you don't want to have the story spoiled for you. Miles's best friend from middle school, Finn Mason, actually is the villain, the Tinkerer, after her brother was killed by Newform, basically. He created Newform for Roxxon, which in our game is kind of run by the head of tech, uh, Simon Krieger, who's more of a spokesman than an actual scientist. Finn's father, or Finn's brother, who was kind of like a father to her, Rick, Created new form, got sick from new form. It uh, destroys your bone marrow, apparently, and gives you bone marrow cancer. Was going to expose Roxxon and destroy the only files for Roxxon that they had. When they were caught, Krieger had Rick killed. Finn barely escaped with her life and became the tinkerer for the underground so that she had an army to destroy Roxxon. Now, here's where the coincidences begin. So, Miles is best friends with Finn whose brother is Rick, who was with Roxxon, who made New Form. Finn somehow knows how to make more New Form and knows enough about New Form and creates sci-fi gadgets, even though she's also only in the 11th grade, which is fine. Okay, whatever. She's super smart. It's a, it's a comic book. Meanwhile, Miles' mom happens to be the person fighting Roxxon legally. And on top of all of that, we find out that Miles' uncle, Aaron Davis, is the Prowler, a high-tech... Black Panther-esque thief who has acquired this technology through his thieving along with doing a whole bunch of other stuff and stealing things. So that's that's a whole lot of coincidence right there. And I know that that kind of works within Peter Parker's world as well, where a lot of like, obviously he became Spider-Man in Oscorp, which was owned by Norman Osborn, who was Harry's father. Harry was his best friend. Harry obviously has his own arc. Norman becomes the Green Goblin. You know, Doc Doc in numerous versions now is very close to Peter Parker before he became Dr. Octopus. You know, Stacey is Spider-Gwen and Eddie Brock is that suit. All this other stuff that's very coincidental for Peter Parker's world. But that all usually happens within, you know, decades and decades of that comic book. It's not, it didn't all happen at one time. Whereas in Miles Morales, we're getting a lot of this at once. Which I get that, you know, you want to try to put as much of the Miles comic book as you can to make it his own. And the Miles comic book hasn't been around for that long. So you really don't have as many, I guess, personal villains or even villains in general that are, are 
specialized just to miles, but by putting them all in one game, I think that you lessen the story a little bit by, by taking me out of it by just so many different coincidences that happen in this game. So much stuff is happening that is literally related to miles that probably would be happening regardless of whether miles was Spider-Man or not. You know, this would still be happening. Just you wouldn't have Spider-Man to save you, which luckily you have miles to save you. So I found that part of the story a little, uh, a little hard to kind of swallow at some points, but it's still really well done. The relationship between miles and Finn are, are two friends. It's not kind of romantic in any way. It really is just old friends uh, from middle school that grew up almost like a brother and sister. And the whole time, Miles is trying to save the Tinkerer. So the main bad guy in this whole thing is more Simon Krieger, who is Roxanne's spokesman, who, you know, is a dirty, obviously, CEO scumbag. And he kind of owns this shady corporation. But you're really fighting the Tinkerer the whole time. But the Tinkerer isn't someone you want to fight. So most of your encounters with Tinkerer are just trying to stop her so you could talk to her and try to talk her out of it. And her plans that are going to end up destroying Harlem as well as Roxanne. They are not as altruistic as she might think. And it's really, really well done. Jasmine Savoy Brown plays Finn really, really well. And the relationship that the two of them have really works on an emotional level. Troy Baker plays Simon Krieger. And he plays Simon Krieger with a whole bunch of smarm and just slime and just like corporate ugh. Uh, so it's really well done, but you could absolutely tell that that's Troy Baker and he's on the top of his game as he always is. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal plays Peter Parker again for the beginning of the game. Peter Parker goes on his trip with Mary Jane to Silver Sable's country, which I can't think of the name of right now. <laughs> Just like he was talking about at the end of the first Spider-Man game. So he goes off and basically miles for, I believe, four weeks is going to be or a month is the Spider-Man of New York City at that point. So he has a lot of jokes and stuff like that. You Most of your Spider-Man stuff, although there's a few phone calls, comes through his training montages where he tells stories about how he learned to be Spider-Man and kind of trains Miles through these training simulations. And they're really well done and really well executed and have a lot of that Peter Parker fun charm and and kind of awful dad jokes. And Miles Morales talks about that a bunch. And you can see that Miles really looks up to Peter as well, which is really cool. And Miles, as the game goes, tries to do his own kind of really cheesy, uh, corny riffs on that. He tries to be like Peter Parker and do his own sass talk and, and back talk and stuff like that. It doesn't always land, but it's, it's usually pretty good because it's as if, you know, a kid was doing it and it's pretty true. But overall, the story is really well done. The ending is really emotional. I really like the ending to the game. I mean, it ends the way you think it probably ends. Spider-Man wins. But it really does tug your heartstrings quite often. And it really is a very down-to-earth kind of emotional story because all this stuff is tied to, tied to Miles. So although it's a story of coincidences, it's still very well done and very well written and very well executed. You know, it's not often that a video game story kind of gives you you know, an emotional ending that's that's worth it. That's gives you the same maybe experience that a film or TV show would. And in this case, it absolutely does. And it absolutely works. And it's made all the better for it by the performances of 
Najee Jeter and Jasmine Savoy Brown and Jacqueline Pinal, who plays Rio Morales, you know, Miles kind of inner family, it just really, really works and it's really well done. But also the graphics and the performance capture of the actress as well. But overall, I would say that this game is definitely worth picking up. It definitely is an, a fantastic, fantastic addition to the Spider-Man universe that they've started to create. Maybe even the Marvel universe, if the Avengers game does put our Peter Parker into this game. You know, again, I've said it on the podcast six months ago when we did the episode where they announced Miles Morales. You know, I would love a game where it was Peter Parker one year, Miles Morales the second year, Peter Parker one year, Miles Morales the next year, and just keep rotating them. I think that would be fantastic. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, I think there'd be some burnout at some point. But, you know, talking about it anyway seems like a really good idea. Uh, In terms of what's actually going to happen, I've read an article that's apparently a leak from someone else where in Spider-Man 2... You're going to be playing as either Spider-Man, Peter Parker, or Spider-Man, Miles Morales. And you can switch off between the characters, depending on the mission. Doesn't matter. You just switch off and and complete it that way. You know, if you're playing as Miles, there might be like a line where like, oh, Peter said I should check this out and stuff like that. And then there'd be some sections where you get to play as Yuri Watanabe, who obviously has transformed herself into a bit of an anti-hero character. Uh, within the DLC of Spider-Man after dropping off the force. She has kind of taken the law into her own hands in a Punisher-type way. So that sounds like it could be interesting, too. Um, Again, both of them are Spider-Man. They're not Spider-Man. Miles isn't Spider-Man's sidekick. He is kind of his protege. But at this point, at the end of this game, he earns the title Spider-Man, much in the same way Peter Parker did when he was a high school kid. Uh, saving the world or saving New York City. So the game ends on a really positive note in terms of liking Miles Morales. I think if anybody was concerned about the lack of Peter Parker or maybe Miles Morales stealing Spider-Man's mantle, you know, becoming the new Spider-Man and kind of shoving Peter Parker aside, I don't think that's an issue. I think you just get extra Spider-Man. And I think that Miles absolutely earns his praise and earns the right to be a Spider-Man as well for anybody who plays the game. I don't think there's anybody who could play through this game and and learn the character of Miles Morales or have watched, you know, Into the Spider-Verse or read the comics as well. You know, I read some of the Ultimate comics, the Ultimate Spider-Man comics with Miles. He really earns his place as Spider-Man. He's not the other Spider-Man or the backup Spider-Man, which is pretty much what this whole game is all about to be not just the other Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man, and he really does deserve that spotlight. I don't want to take up any more time because I'm talking by myself, but Spider-Man Miles Morales is available on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. You can get it for, I believe, 40 bucks by itself, or you can get it with Spider-Man Remastered, which is the Peter Parker adventure for PS5 for $70. You get the both combined. If you don't have Spider-Man or you haven't beat it yet and you want to kind of play it with PlayStation 5 graphics and the update graded all that crap, get that $70 version. It's definitely worth it. Um, if that's a little bit above your price range or you just want the Miles Morales version, get that. If you have a PlayStation 5, you're doing yourself a disservice 
by not getting this game. It looks incredible. It plays incredible. The story is really, really great. You know, the coincidences aside, it really is a very touching, very good story. The way that only kind of Sony does at the moment in terms of blending gameplay and story together seamlessly. Then I think that is uh, a big part of Sony's single player success. So, yeah, go pick it out. Fantastic game. More than just DLC. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Check it out. I'm Mike. This has been Two Player Bros. Stay safe and keep on gaming.